Welcome, friends, to the Miles with Marty podcast. This is home base for running community love, and we're sponsored by Squirrels Nut Butter. Spread the lube, and your blister and chafing problems will go away. You can thank me later. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome back to Miles with Marty podcast. This is episode 17 and part two of the Blue Ridge Ultra Recap. I've got three awesome guests for this episode. Uh, going off first would be Kara Moore. She is the ladies' winner, and I believe she was fourth place overall. What a super talented young lady. It was her first ultra, first of a marathon distance or longer, and she did pretty well taking first place in her first race. I think you'll enjoy her story, so stick around. Without further ado, I bring you my interview with Kara Moore. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Miles with Marty podcast. I have Kara Moore on the line. She is the female winner and third place overall in the race. How are you doing today, Kara? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Great. Am I pronouncing your name right, Kara? Yes, Kara's right. Okay. I have a friend up in Tennessee that has the same spelling, but she goes by Kara. So I wanted to make sure I got it right. Yeah, a lot of people call me Cara, but I'll respond to either, honestly. <laughs> Just don't call late for dinner, right? Yeah. <laughs> or at least that's the old joke. Yeah. Okay. So uh, congratulations on the win. Thank you. I just looked up the results just to see because uh, when I talked to Alex Tadell's the second place male early mm-hmm. day before yesterday, and I hadn't looked up the results, and he didn't really remember what his time was, so I figured I could do my research, my due diligence this time, and look up the research. I know they were having some problems with the timing uh, and results today of the race, and I actually talked to uh, Mike Melton, who actually owns the timing company that was in charge of that. He wasn't the one that was there that day, Mm -hmm. but uh, he said he felt terrible about it, so oh well. That's okay. You did a great job of like fixing everything though. Right. Mm -hmm. So things happen, that's for sure. Yeah. So before we get into talking about the race in particular, why don't you take a few minutes to just kind of tell me about yourself? And I know uh, your husband told me that you hadn't really done a whole lot of running and racing before this Mm -hmm. race. So just, but so it might be a brief history, but tell me your running history and what got you to signing up for that 50k that day? Yeah, so I do have a running history. I just have never ran ultras before. So that was my first ultra. But backing up to my running history. Um, so my parents were always like really active when I was growing up. My mom ran a lot, like all the time. And I didn't really get into running like competitively I would do it for fun every now and again but I didn't get into running competitively until I was a sophomore in high school so like seven eight years ago now and one of my friends just randomly asked me to join the cross-country team with her because you could get out of um, PE by joining like a sport for a year and so I was like okay cool I'll join cross-country I don't even know what that is but I'll do it I ended up being really good at it out of nowhere. I was like the third girl on the team, which was I made varsity as a sophomore, which was really great. And I really enjoyed it. I loved competing. 
Um, I had played lacrosse before and I was always like a midfielder because I loved running. And so I'd be the person running back and forth across the field. So I knew that I loved running, but I didn't, I never knew I was good at it until I started competing. And I just honestly fell in love with it from there. And after cross country season, my coach convinced me to join the track team in my high school. And so I did that and I ended up doing really well there too. Like I broke six my first year running the mile, which was like a big milestone. And I ran the two mile too. I don't even remember what I ran at this point, but I ended up doing really well in the two mile. And so I just continued running and I didn't really think that I would continue into college, but I thought it would be really cool if I could, but I didn't really know how it worked. But during my senior year, I hadn't decided where I wanted to go to college yet. And March of my senior year, right before I graduated, I got a call from a coach at this school called Troy University. And he called me and he said he was interested in me and he wanted me to take a visit there. And I'd done a couple of visits to different schools just for the heck of it. Cause you know, it's kind of fun seeing teams and everything, but I went to Troy and I fell in love with it. And I signed a couple of weeks later to run for Troy in college. So I ran D1 throughout my college experience. I was more of like 5k 10k girl on the track because I loved distant stuff and I would always be the person asking my coach if I could run more miles and he would get mad at me because he didn't <laughs> want me to get injured <laughs> and he always said to me he was like I know you're going to be a marathoner an ultra runner in the future but just hold off right now <laughs> and um, so I always knew I loved the longer distances but once I stopped um, after my senior year I kind of stopped running for a little bit and dabbled in a couple of other things like climbing and like yoga and bike and cycling and things like that. But none of it really like I just knew deep down that running was always it for me. <laughs> Nothing could ever fill like the spot that running had in my heart. So I decided to go on a trail run one day um, at the beginning of this year. Actually, it was in like February or March and I had never really run on trails before. And I ran on the trails and I was like, wow, this is so fun. And literally a week later, I texted my husband and said, I think I want to sign up for an ultra. And he was like, <laughs> okay, let's do it. <laughs> and I literally just typed in like ultras in Georgia and found the Blue Ridge Ultra and we signed up for it. I kind of coached myself through because I'd been running for enough time that I kind of knew how training worked, not necessarily for ultras, but like I could I could get myself to the start line and that was all that mattered. And so I trained myself and that's that ends at the Blue Ridge Ultra. <laughs> and then I got to the Blue Ridge Ultra and that was a very cool experience. And yeah, so that's kind of my background with running. <laughs> yeah. So so going back to talking calling your husband that day. So he obviously had to have a little bit of running background because he was right there with you, at least for the first half. Yeah. So he, we actually met through both signing to run for Troy University in college. Oh, okay. And he ran um, cross country and track throughout high school too. He's been doing it a bit longer than I have, um, but we both ran cross country and track in college. 
So that's kind of how he's still, he's one of those people that can just go out and still be fast, even if he hasn't run in months. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So did you all train together for Blue Ridge or did you kind of go separate paths? Um, We did like long runs and some runs together, but not everything together. Cause he had like a couple of friends that he would run with and I would just go run. They would run like flat runs and I would go to like the hilliest run and just <laughs> the hilliest trails that I could find and run around. Cause I knew that the Blue Ridge Ultra was really hilly. And that's, I decided to run like as much elevation as you can in the middle of Atlanta <laughs> to train yeah. for the ultra. So you all live in, in the middle of Atlanta? Well, like on the outskirts. So we live like right near where the Brave Stadium is. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So you're not far from Kennesaw and Red Top Mountain and some good places mm-hmm. to run up there. No, we did all of our long runs for the ultra, um, training for the ultra at Kennesaw Mountain. Oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, Alex Dedale's the second place guy. He said the same thing. He spent a lot of time up there. <laughs> so that's a good place. That's so for all the Atlanta listeners, that's a good place to go train for for ultras because Blue Ridge had quite a few hills, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's <laughs> honestly I met so many ultra runners running around Kennesaw because you would see the same people every week, and so yeah. you would just stop and talk to them. And I actually talked to this lady, and I told her that I was training for the Blue Ridge Ultra, and she said that she had run in. It was really fun, and she was giving me some advice about it. So yeah. Run at Kennesaw because you'll meet a lot of cool runners there. <laughs> yeah. Now, so the training is one thing, getting yourself to where you can complete the miles. But now, so when you're doing 5Ks and 10Ks, the only kind of fueling you're doing is just maybe a little bit of fluids. If that on a track, I guess, do you even take in any fluids in a 10K on a track race? No, typically not. They don't really have any water stations set up. Yeah, I didn't think so. Mm-mm. And so, so you've... Did you do any research for that or did do you did you just kind of play it by ear and decide you would take in some food or calories whenever you felt like you needed it? Well, actually, interestingly, I'm studying nutrition right now. I'm getting my master's in nutrition at Georgia State with a focus in sports and nutrition. Oh, wow. And so I have the background knowledge of like knowing how to fuel myself. And I've been following quite a few like ultra dietitians on um, some social media outlets that give good like advice on how to fuel during ultra. So it was kind of using the knowledge that I knew and a lot of trial and error with um, trying different things, seeing what would work during like my long runs, what sat well on my stomach, practicing drinking while I ran, that kind of thing. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. So did, did you had a plan coming in of a certain number of calories per hour? Not necessarily calories per hour. I just figured, well, I like calculated how many calories I need to eat per hour and then figured out what food, like how much of each food I need to eat. So it was like a gel and a fig bar every hour I should at least try to get. And then if I would stop at aid stations, I would always get like some Gatorade or snacks that they had there like the candy and stuff so anything that I didn't anything that I didn't consume that was in my plan was just additional that would help me get through the ultra yeah Mm -hmm. so did you ever have a point during the race where you felt like you were uh, depleted calorie wise I don't think so no honestly it went really well throughout the race the only 
time during the race that I was actually worried was like within the first couple of miles when I was taking my first gel, I was feeling very nauseous. And I wasn't used to that because I had never gotten nauseous when I was eating a gel during like training runs or anything. And so I was a little worried about that. But um, I think that was just nerves going into the race and like starting the race Um, because everything from there on out kind of went pretty smoothly. It was hard getting like fig bars down (laughs) during the race. I will say I had to drink a lot of water, but getting the gels down and everything went really smoothly. And I never really felt like I was depleted either. I had some Pedialyte pouches that I put in my water and I was pretty much sipping on Pedialyte throughout the entire race. So that also helped with not getting cramps or anything. Yeah. Mm. So did you learn that from one of the nutritionists that you follow on social media? Yes, I did. They were saying a lot of them said that that's like one of the main thing that stops people from finishing or competing to their best during ultras is like the muscle cramps and not eating enough. So I made sure that that would not stop me. That would not be the thing that would stop me from finishing this ultra. Well, that's cool. So now are you one of those people that can look back on race day and it's all a big blur or do you remember details it depends on if it's a good race or not (laughs) if it's a good race i'll remember it but if it's a bad race i tend to just push it back in my memory and not remember about it okay but i do remember the ultra (laughs) okay well that's the important one then Mm -hmm. so so let's go back to that and you're on the start line then Mm -hmm. and just kind of take me through it what was going through your head you know are you a headphone person or are you at one with the trail well during long runs I listened to a lot of podcasts and I was actually planning on listening to podcasts throughout the first at least half of the ultra but then I accidentally left my headphones in the car so (laughs) I didn't listen to music or podcasts or anything but it just depends on the day a lot of times on race day I like to not listen to music so I can be a little bit more in the zone yeah yeah okay so take me to the start line and just kind of tell me what you know how it went for you you know just kind of give me your race recap yeah so starting I honestly had no idea what to expect because like I said I'd never raced any races other than like competitive track or cross-country races I'd never raced an ultra so even like the warm-up was different I'd like ran I jogged a little bit for like five minutes before the race but I didn't want to tire myself too much because I had 31 miles to go so jogged a little just to make sure because it was a little chilly out that morning so I wanted to make sure I was warmed up and ready to go but got to the start line and it was different than any other race I've ran because during obviously during track races you're running a lot faster and so when you start everybody just sprints out and so when they started the ultra and everybody just started jogging it was a lot different and like <laughs> it felt really good at the start and I kind of naturally Delaney my husband was like okay I'm gonna pace you for the first like half we're gonna get, get through the first half together no matter what happens the back half whether I go ahead or you go ahead we're gonna get through the first half together so he was kind of pacing me for it 
Um, and so I just stayed with him the entire time through the first couple of miles. Corey just went off by himself. And so this, I was kind of in the chase pack behind him with a couple of other guys. And we went through the first couple of miles like as a group. But once we got to that first aid station, everybody had kind of broken off and it was just me and Delaney running together. And that was kind of fun getting to the first aid station because they were all like freaking out because I was the first girl and getting all excited. (laughs) So that was fun. And then I don't remember a ton about the middle half. I just remember being surprised at how much I was hiking up the hills. That was the main thing that I wasn't expecting. I was like, okay, I'm going to run like the whole time because I had never like walked during a race. That wasn't like something that I had ever experienced, but it was interesting, like learning, kind of learning as I went that sometimes it's more efficient if you're on a really steep hill to power hike up it than it is to try to exert more energy and run a bit at the same pace or at the same speed. So I remember that being really interesting. And then kind of miles, like after the first aid station to like the halfway point is kind of just a blur until we got to that like that middle part where you go up that really steep mountain. (laughs) That was probably the low point of the race. It was just like, I think it was like 700 to a thousand feet of elevation gain within that like mile and a half up. Yeah. And so it was quite literally just like power hiking up a very steep incline for a good 20 minutes. (laughs) And that was tough, but it was kind of cool because that was the first time once you turned around at that point where you could kind of see where everybody else in the race was, cause you could see other people running up as you're running down. So I kind of got a good gauge of where I was at in terms of like, I was the first female. I knew I was the first female, but I didn't know how far ahead I was. And so once I saw the second female coming, which was Kelly, I could kind of get a gauge that I was like about 10 minutes ahead of her and going into it. I thought it'd be cool to be the first female, but I didn't that wasn't like my main goal. I was just kind of running to see how fast I could do it and kind of pushing myself and being my own competition. So I wasn't like necessarily trying to be the first female, but I was keeping it in the back of my mind that I was the first female and that I could win this thing. And it kind of gave me more confidence in myself, knowing where I was and that I was pretty far ahead. And that if I just kept putting one foot in front of the other, that I could probably be the first female coming in. And so I remember thinking too, after that hill and you go to the aid station, the same aid station that you went to before you go up the hill, you come back down, stop at the same aid station. Um, When I got to that aid station, my parents along with my two dogs were there. So that was me and Delaney's two dogs. And so that was kind of a boost of motivation, like seeing them And getting to like hug my dogs. And I was like, okay, I have to run fast to the finish line because (laughs) then I'll get to see my dogs and my family. (laughs) Um, So I was at that that aid station. That's where I volunteered. And so I I ran that aid station. So I got to meet your parents and the dog. Oh, really? I didn't know that. (laughs) I was kind of out of it. I don't even remember who I saw. (laughs) (laughs) Other than the dogs. I do remember that. But anyway, go uh, ahead. Yeah, so I remember I grabbed a little cup of Coke at that aid station because I was kind of feeling a little tired. So I figured that'd give me a little pep in my step. And 
me and Delaney were still together at that point. He was still pacing me. And we got to the point where we're going on access roads. And initially we thought that the access roads were going to be like flat, (laughs) but they were not flat. They was like rolling hills the whole time. And Delaney ended up getting like a calf cramp and like hamstring cramps. And so he kind of told me to go ahead. And so I just kept running. I figured he'd catch up with me in a little bit, but I got to the next aid station. You go, you get off the access roads, you go onto like the side of a main road up a hill to the next aid station. And Delaney was still with me. He was about like 20, 30 feet behind me at this point. And he kind of wanted to stop and hang out at the aid station for a little bit. And he was like, you know what? Just go. Like, I don't need to stay with you at this point. I don't want to hold you back. Just go ahead. And so I went ahead. And at that point, I looked back. I couldn't see anyone else behind us for a while. And so I just kept going. It was pretty tough after that for after that aid station. It was in the sun a lot. I remember hiking or walking a lot, but still I kept repeating in my head, like just one foot after another, either way, you're going to make it to the finish line. Just keep on moving forward. Like it doesn't matter how slow you're going. It doesn't matter how slow you think you're going. Just keep putting one foot in front of the other and you'll make it there. So that was kind of my mantra. And it was also beautiful during that part because you could look out and see like a view of all of the mountains. And that was motivation too. <laughs> seeing yeah. the mountains and kind of taking in the scenery. That's when I started like really being grateful and kind of talking to myself and just being like, wow, I'm so lucky to be here. I'm so lucky that I can run kind of repeating those things in my head to like, forget about the amount of pain I was in after running like 20 plus miles. (laughs) (laughs) And so I just kept going. I remember passing a couple of 30 K runners that were cheering for me a little. And then I passed these two women hiking on the trail and they told me only 2.8 to the finish line. You got it. And I remember I was repeating that in my head because my whole body was in so much pain because I had never run more than 20 miles before this race. And so after I crossed the 20 mile marker, I honestly didn't know what to expect at all, like how my body would feel. And I feel like I was kind of numb, but also in a lot of pain at the same time. But I just kept trucking through and I got out onto the road and I was really excited because I knew I would see my family and I turned on the bridge and this was to the finish line shoot. And I saw my family, my dogs, and then my um, mother and father-in-law, which was really exciting. And everyone was cheering. And so that was really fun. And Yeah. So I finished the race. I honestly didn't know what pace I was running during the whole race. I had my watch on, but um, I didn't have like the lap feature going. So I didn't know what pace I was running at all. And I didn't know where I was at. So coming through the finish line and seeing how fast I had run, that was kind of cool. Because initially going into it, I told Delaney that I'd be happy running six or seven hours in the 50K. (laughs) And I ended up running um, five hours and 35 minutes. So that was kind of a cool feeling. And then I laid down and (laughs) sat for a little bit because my whole body was in pain. But it was a very cool feeling, kind of surreal. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with Dean Carnesis? No, I'm not. He's a uh, ultra runner. He's a famous ultra runner. He's got several books out. Mm-hmm. And you'll have to check them out. I'll, I'll send you a link with some names of the books. That's one of them, that his first one that he put out. It's like mm-hmm. his autobiography. And he <clears throat> he has a lot of mantras that he's used over the years with the long races. And one mm-hmm. of the ones he tells himself when he gets into running in pain, he says, I paid good money to get into the, this race and to experience this pain. And so I'm going to embrace it and enjoy it for what it is, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that really helps because, you know, I don't, I, we're going to get to that question in a minute, but you know, it's funny. It happens to a lot of us that you do this race and there's a point in there when you're hurting so bad that you're thinking, you know, why did I do this? And then mm-hmm. also, I am never doing this again. And then, <laughs> And then it don't take, for some of us, it's the same day. Some of us, it's the next day or two days later. But then we're on the online looking for the next challenge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Once you're recovered, then you're like, okay, I'm ready. Back on ultra sign up. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So how long did it take you? <laughs> it was, I think it was a couple of days after. Once I could finally walk around without being in pain was when I was sitting down at my desk doing homework and I started looking up different races that I could do kind of to see what I wanted to target next. (laughs) I haven't decided on anything yet, but definitely some things in the future, some things in the works for next year. for sure. So in your training, your your longest run was a 20 miler. Is that right? Mm -hmm, That was a 20 miler. So now did you do like back to back long runs? Not not like 2020, but did you do like a 26, like a six or eight miler the next day or the day before a 20 in training? I don't think I ever did it with a 20 miler, but I did do a couple of um three hour runs and then I would do an hour run the next day or like a three hour run and an hour and a half run the next day. Um yeah. a lot of my training I kind of based on time but one of the longest ones a 20 miler I did I was planning on doing three hours and then I was almost at 20 miles when I got to three hours so I just wanted to make it to that 20 mile mark so -hmm. did you do your long runs on trails yeah I did all of them on Kennesaw Mountain some of them so Kennesaw Mountain it has like a huge like 17 mile loop or you can just go do six mile loops up and down the mountain So some weeks I would do like the full 17 mile loop and some weeks I would just do six mile loops around the mountain, do like three, six mile loops around the mountain because the loops around the mountain really, it was like three to 4,000 feet of elevation gain for the whole run. So that was kind of good practice of what the ultra would be like, the best simulation I could get. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that, That explains the way you, you know, the way you felt in the race, I believe getting a lot of that elevation in your training definitely prepares you better for the, for that on a long day. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of, I'm used to running kind of based on time. Well, not based on time, based on like pace. And I kind of knew what like my easy pace was in college and I would run a lot on pavements, but I think it helped running on trails, just kind of letting go of like trying to run fast and just 
focus on time on feet. Like you can be hiking, you can be running, whatever it takes to get like three hours on your feet today. Yeah. Some days that would be half of it. I was hiking half I was running, but just getting the time on your feet, I feel like is super important for ultras. And that's the main difference between ultras and like training for a 5k or a 10k. Yeah. Okay. So some, there's a couple of different mentalities that we have in the running community. Me, Mm -hmm. I've never been a fast guy. And so (laughs) when I finish a race, my next new challenge is longer distance. So is your thing, and when you're perusing ultra sign up, are you looking to run a faster 50K because you feel like you can improve on that? Or are you looking to go further or both? Um, I think first I would want to do, it's a lot different than running like shorter races. Cause usually if I was running a 5K or 10K, if I didn't run the time that I wanted to, I would try to do another 5K or 10K to run faster. But for this, I kind of think I want to go up in distance a little bit and try like an 100K or a 50 miler or an eventually like an 100 miler. But then I also don't want, I also know that I could run a faster 50K. So I'll eventually probably run another 50K to see if I can run faster and kind of doing a little bit of everything and seeing how much I can get better. It's kind of cool. A lot of time, well, in my past, I've had a lot of like pressure on me when I ran, like obviously training competitively throughout high school and college, there was always a lot of pressure, but running ultras while running the one ultra that I ran, (laughs) there was a lot less pressure on me. And I feel like I kind of thrive in those environments where it's just me up against myself and seeing how fast I can do how fast I can run. So I think go up in distance, I think it'd be really cool to get, do some bigger distance stuff and hopefully improve on my time. And I'll be back at the um, Blue Ridge Ultra next year. So we'll see what'll happen next year too. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's in, in the North of Atlanta, there's a lot of great races and, and that go longer distances Mm-hmm. and but don't just limit yourself to just like that's just like i was telling alex the other day don't just limit yourself to georgia i mean there's some great mm-hmm. ones in alabama and up in tennessee and north carolina and then if you really want to you know i've got a goal to do a marathon or ultra in all 50 states and mm-hmm. so so yeah. i've expanded my horizons like arizona i talked this afternoon i had an interview with jamil curry who's with Aravipa running. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'll send you some on email or text. I'll send you some links to some cool people to follow and mm-hmm. books. That, but, uh, but they, they put on some amazing races out there and have an awesome community. And it's, yeah. and especially since your husband's a runner too, do you all have any children yet? No, we don't just our two dogs. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. But anyway, since he's a runner too, I mean, you can, you can have some awesome racecations. Yeah, I've definitely seen a couple of races that like ultras out West that I think would be really cool to kind of make a vacation out of. Like I've seen the Grand Canyon rim to rim to rim that a lot of people do. (laughs) And that seems like it would be really cool. And I feel like there's a lot of opportunities to do cool mountain races out West also. 
Yeah, they have the guy, what I was talking to that guy about today. They've got a race next weekend, Halloween weekend, called mm-hmm. the Havelina 100. Have you heard of that? Yes, I follow um, a female ultra runner who's running the Havelina 100. Okay. But anyway, yeah. Jamil is the owner of Air Viper Running. He's the CEO, and they're the ones that put it on, put that race on. And so he was talking about it. my next uh, podcast that I'll be turning out either tonight or in the morning is a preview, part two of a preview episode about that race. I did part one. It came out this past weekend, and I talked to a couple guys that ran it the last five years or so. Yeah, that's an awesome, you know, event, but there's there's tons of them. I did one of their events out in Arizona in February called the Black Canyon Ultra, and I did the 60K there, but they also offer 100K in it, and it kind of runs through the mountains and desert, and it's beautiful, beautiful scenery. The temperatures were mild, cold in the morning, but got nice in the afternoon, and it was mm-hmm. cool. I feel like February is a perfect time, especially in Arizona, to do a race out there. Yeah, either either early in the year or late in the year. This kind yeah. of November, October, November are peak seasons too. Yeah, anyway, I would definitely love that. And I go down to Florida a lot for uh, races. I've gotten into. There's a really cool ultra running community down in Florida, and. Mm-hmm. They do things a little differently there. They embrace the heat there, and it's a whole different animal, you know. You but it, you can train, you can acclimate to it if you, you know, if you train smartly because it gets hot up here in Georgia too and humid. And so if if you, you know, and I'm not one of those people that's just going to not run during the summertime, you know. And yeah. so if you train smart and don't try to kill yourself, you can you can prepare for races down there. And so I'm doing my first hundred miler is in December and it's uh, called the Daytona hundred. It starts in Jacksonville and runs to Daytona along A1A. Wow. That's super cool. <laughs> and, and so uh, now that's not a trail that's, that's on pavement, but, but they have tons of cool trail races down there too. There's another hundred miler. That's a road race that goes down to the keys. It starts in Key Largo and goes mm-hmm. all the way to Key West. And that's wow. a that's a big one that a lot of people follow. But but and then there I've got a good friend down that has one in Miami. I don't know if you if you ever watched the show Amazing Race. I've heard of it, but I've never watched it. Mm-hmm. But the, the Miami 100 miler, they kind of do it almost like a scavenger hunt. You go from aid station oh. to aid station at each aid station, they give you like a card with mm-hmm. a map that tells you how to get to the next aid station. And oh, so that's very cool. So you're running it in urban Miami. And so they take you through all of the different uh, districts that would be like super cool to tour, not through the ghettos or anything, but through mm-hmm. the, but through the tourist areas, you know what I mean? You run from yeah. one to the other. And at the end of it, you've run a hundred miles in the city of Miami from point to point. And that's, that's a cool one. But, uh, but anyway, uh, I could talk about races all night and I told you I would only <laughs> keep you 15 or 20 minutes, but so I'll, I'll save that for another time, but I'm going to, yeah. uh, I'm going to look you up on social media so I can recommend some people to follow. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be and, super cool. And if you do Instagram, follow miles with Marty on 
on Instagram and and because I share a lot of and also on my website mileslamarty.com I share a lot of race a lot of races that I talk about on the show I get discount codes for them and that kind of stuff and I talk to a lot of the race directors that you know kind of talk about their upcoming races so you may hear see or hear something that you're interested in yeah I absolutely will Okay, so have you got any last words you want to share about your experience at Blue Ridge or about about ultra running in general? Do you have the book? What book? <laughs> the book, the blue, the ultra. Oh, the bug! Book. I thought you said book. Yes, <laughs> I definitely do think I have the book. <laughs> <laughs> what about your husband? Had he had he run an ultra before? He had never run an ultra. No, that was his favorite. That was his first. Um, he said that if I went up in distance, he would probably just join me on my crew. <laughs> he okay. doesn't know if he wants to go up in distance. He's trying to, I think right now he's trying to um, run a faster 5K. Yeah. So he kind of wants to target the shorter races before going up in distance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there's some people, I mean, you really, for the amount of elevation gain that that race has, mm-hmm. and well, I mean, you set the course record, right? Yeah, I said the court re- course record. And so, I mean, so you don't have to be convinced, but for the amount of elevation and that distance, I mean, y- your potential is, you know, and you're still a young lady, you've got a lot mm-hmm. of potential there. I don't know that you've got a lot to learn because you learn so much in your uh, competitive career, you know, in college and high school, but but you never know, you know, the little yeah. the little tricks that you can pick up and fueling and in training for those kind of longer distance events. You know, you could be one of those people. Uh, Camille Heron, who has the 100-mile record, which she just set last year, and she's real close to 40 years old. You know, oh, so, wow. you, so you never know. There mm-hmm. was Two weeks ago, there was these two guys that were running a 100-miler up in Ohio called Canal Corridor. Mm-hmm. And so the guy that was leading the whole race – came in at mile 99.4 this dude passed him with less than a mile to go and beat him by 70 seconds but they both were 12 one was 12 hours and 40 minutes and the other was 12 hours and 41 minutes and like 10 seconds for 100 miles wow (laughs) oh my gosh but anyway like i said i could talk all night about races but i've held you long enough I sure I sure appreciate you coming on. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. I enjoyed talking with you. Say hi to your husband for me. I will. Thank you. Have a great night, too. Okay, I will send you an email and let you know when this episode comes out so you'll know when to look for it. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much. Okay, you take care. Bye. Wow, I really enjoyed talking to that young lady. She is super fast super passionate about running and just a baby in the sport. She has a ton of potential. I can't wait to follow her and see how she does. Up next is second place finisher Alex Dedales. He's also a first timer to the ultra scene with a ton of talent, a ton of potential, and still a young man. So he can do great things if he keeps that passion. Check it out. I think you'll enjoy his story. Hey, everybody, it's uh, Miles with Marty podcast. I'd like to welcome you and welcome Alex Dedales to the to the line. Is is that, a, am I pronouncing your name right, Alex? Yeah, it's one of those. 
different last name, but yeah, Dedell is how you pronounce it. Perfect. So welcome to the show. We're doing a Blue Ridge Ultra recap episode today, and Alex was second place overall with a little bit over five hours time in that 50K, and and that's no uh, pushover of a 50K. That sucker's got some elevation gain, I know, because I ran it myself <clears throat> two years ago, and I think it actually has more now than it did back then. So congratulations on that, Alex. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you having me and looking forward to chatting a little more about this. Yeah. So I worked at one, I was actually at two different aid stations and, and I was there when you came through both of them. And so same, the first aid station that I was at, Corey was a little bit ahead of you by maybe a minute, if that much, maybe 30 seconds. And he didn't really, he just stopped and got a drink and kept on going. And you stopped and took your time at the A station, maybe spent 45 seconds there or something like that. And and I remember asking you if you were going to catch him and you said, oh yeah. And sure enough, when y'all came through the next aid station, you were ahead of him by probably two minutes. And so I know Corey yeah. had a guy, Corey had a guy there with him that was kind of helping crew him. And he seemed a little bit concerned with that. <laughs> But everything looked good there at that point. So just tell me, uh, well, before you get into the race, tell us a little bit. Tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, your running history and what got you into ultras. And then we'll go into uh, Blue Ridge. Yeah, so not really a big history with me and running. Uh, honestly, I just kind of started picking up on it close to, I guess, Thanksgiving last year. Started real small and then really made a consistent habit of it and you know a little little bit of running every day really adds up when you you know start increasing your mileage and before I knew it I was signed up for a half marathon in March with my uh, sister-in-law and ended up coming in third place in that half marathon in Suwannee Georgia and that was my very first quote-unquote big race I don't know as soon as the start uh, button you know commenced or the gun went off I just kind of took off and started cruising and wound up getting third so that was kind of a eye-opener for me and I figured well what else could I do so kept you know sticking out the running the springtime went on and really got consistent with it over the summer you know the dog days sweating it out every day just really trying to push myself to see you know what kind of results I could get trying to get myself better each and every day just staying self-motivated and always kind of starting my I say start my day but ended my day after work with a pretty consistent 10 miler loop that I had when I lived over in Alpharetta Georgia sidewalks everywhere so I knew I had this loop down pat pretty good and just really cranked out a lot of miles over the summer and I feel like that really got me prepped for going into this fall season and one of my buddies at work found out that I like to run and he's in this big running group in the Kennesaw area over there at the uh, Kennesaw Mountain, I guess, battleground where him and his buddies like to go get some elevation work in and started running with him and his buddies and really getting into trail running. That's when I bought my first trail running vest was this past summer. And that was pretty useful considering phone and my keys and wallet bouncing around and my little pouch that I used to run with. But that was cool that I finally got a vest and some trail shoes and started talking more with him at work and really started getting involved you know, trail running that way. And he ended up sending me a link to sign up for this Blue Ridge race and didn't really think anything of it and thought 30 miles was a lot. So it's kind of 
shy of it at first and then ended up just signing up, getting it on the calendar and working towards it. And I think I signed up for it in May. So kind of early summer. And really, that's when I just kind of started stepping out and running, you know, personal marathons on Saturdays, you know, just being my long days, I would go out and just see how far I could run and ended up really cranking out maybe like three or four marathons over the summer just on my own, not you know, registered as an event or anything. So I thought that was pretty cool just seeing that I could do that, you know, kind of boosting my confidence and then race day rolls around. And sure enough, I'm on the starting line with my buddy from work and a few of his buddies that I've ran with before. And he, uh, he was right behind me at the takeoff. And then he saw me just kind of head up towards the front of the pack. And he kind of knew that I was, you know, in the zone at that point and just <laughs> early on getting ahead of him and not really you know, feeling bad about leaving them because I just, once I get in my head space, I kind of have that tunnel vision of getting it done and by any means necessary and not wanting anybody to slow me down, really. Sometimes that can bite you in the butt, but sometimes, you know, it can work in your favor. And this being my first 50K ever, I think it, you know, I'm pretty proud of myself. And I think it worked in my favor. Heck yeah. So going back to that, so first off, how old are you, Alex? Turned 27 in June, so I'll be 28 okay. next year. Okay. So going back to that half marathon in the spring, what was your time for that? My time, I think I clocked in at, for whatever reason, I had a weird goal of finishing it. I think I watched a YouTube video of this guy, and he motivated me to finish it at an hour and a half. But I think I finished it like an hour 35-ish or something. Holy cow. That's still pretty quick because there's not many flat areas in the uh, suburban Atlanta areas for sure. So I'm sure it wasn't a flat half, right? No, yeah. It had it had close to 1,300 feet of <laughs> elevation. It's not yeah. close to wow. 1,500. So. Wow. Well, that's, that's awesome. So you and so you didn't do any running in high school or anything? No, sir. I did, in fact, play Little League Baseball, you know, and travel baseball my whole life and always in, was playing baseball in high school, too. So there was kind of that side of my youth and then ended up playing college baseball at Georgia Perimeter College for two years as a junior college here in the city of Atlanta and after those two years, I kind of just ended up hanging it up and going down to Georgia Southern and going in the fraternity down there and meeting new folks and graduated from there. So not a whole lot of running or cardio after baseball. Well, it sounds like you've made up for it quick. You jumped right in there and did a half in the spring and then knocked out a 50K in the same year. All right. Yeah. So, uh, and and you, so, you done, so you haven't done any official marathons Correct? No, sir. Just correct. All right. Well, you got plenty of time since you're only 27, huh? (laughs) Yeah, that's the goal. I just don't really have any sort of plans on stopping. So since you started doing the training up at Kennesaw on the trails and Blue Ridge is obviously on the trails, have you taken trails as to be more something that you favor over the road races or you you like them doing both convenience factor definitely road just you know having the whole consistent running in my you know daily grind just the road is kind of what i'm dealt with every day i do prefer trails over road just because it's way more of a challenge in my in my mind just always being focused on my next step um not tripping over rocks or roots having that laser focus whereas road running you can kind of get in a groove and you can look up a lot more and see what's ahead of you and not have to really worry as much yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I kind of like both too for this, for very similar reasons, you know, the trails, you know, you've got the scenery and you do have to focus on every step and that 
requires a different mindset. And I really, I enjoy that sometimes, but I also also like to be able to zone out and just, you know, let it go too on the roads. And so there's a lot of people that are trail runners that just despise ever running on roads, but, but I'm not one of those people I do. I like running on both. Oh yeah, me too. I'm actually finishing up a run right now. I just got in a six and a half miler. So I'm walking back to my truck now. Hey, cool. So I know you just started racing this year but you know the ultra community and especially if you're running trails with some other dudes has anybody have there been any thoughts or talk about longer distances than 50k yet uh yeah i'm actually i signed up i think last week or maybe the week before for another 50k on november 5th i want to say down in noon in georgia which is being managed by one of the guys that i ran with um and that kind of friend group that i was telling you about over at kennesaw mountain his name's brogan not sure what his last name is i think it starts with a b but he's put on this 50k it's the first first year he's doing it has a pretty good turnout so far for it being the first year but i signed up for that and my wife is going to do the, I think, 15K, I believe. And my mom's going to do the 15K. My uncle's going to do it. My cousin. All right. Take it so home. Kinda, yeah, I got this, I don't know, sort of like ripple effect. Now that, <laughs> you know, everybody came up and saw the Blue Ridge run, saw me finish. Everybody kind of got inspired now in my family. Mm-hmm. So so what's the name of this race? In yeah. uh, I think it's the Mental Health Awareness uh, Ultra. Okay. See if I have a picture of it somewhere. Well, I will. I'll look it up and and I'll put a link. Is it is is it sold out already, or is it still taking runners? Uh, I believe it's still taking runners. I know last day for registration is the twenty first. So um, I don't know well, if that's no. this weekend. Oh, okay. Or, yeah, it's Friday. Oh, okay. I was gonna say I'll put a link on it to kind of help him fill it up, but this podcast probably won't even be out by the twenty first. So so I guess I won't. But I got gotcha. you. But best of luck on that. So have you thought about longer distances than 50K? Yeah, there is, I think, a 40-miler coming up. I want to say in January in Blairsville. That looks pretty cool, but it's kind of on my radar. Yeah. The Fierce Dragon, I saw 200-miler, 100-miler, 40-miler. So I might try and give that a shot. Yeah. But yeah, definitely wanting to increase the mileage as I'm, yeah on this running journey that I got going. Cool. All right. So let's go back to the race now. So you... You started talking about it, so you took off and left your friend that you went with. So in that first little section there, it's, what, five or five miles or so to the first aid station? Yeah, somewhere in there. And so you and Corey were pretty much right together. You had him in your sights the whole time. Were you, were there, was there anybody else close to y'all? Uh, not that I was aware of. I know I kind of, around mile two, I was still with that front end of the pack and then i started you know asking people if i could pass them because it is single track for a little while yeah so i remember going around people and kind of breaking off a little bit before i knew it i think it like maybe two and a half or close to three miles i kind of looked around and noticed i was by myself and then right around i guess the 5k is when i saw Corey kind of by himself way up ahead and i thought oh man that's that's him that's the first place guy holding the lead I figured I better go catch up to him. <laughs> so that you're the keeping up with him uh, was a comfortable enough pace. You didn't have to push yourself too hard that early to keep up with him. No, it was great. You know, so, soaking in the yeah, soaking in the vibes and just loving the trail. And you know, it was a beautiful day to 
just be out there. So I was just so comfortable hanging out with him and just chatting it up with him. He's such a great guy. And gosh, his technique and just the way he flows over the roots and rocks is just kind of mesmerizing. So I was just really watching how he was running and trying to mimic all his techniques that he had going. Yeah, he's he's run all over the world. So he, he's got lots of trail experience for sure. Oh, yeah. He was telling me all sorts of crazy running stories. Oh, yeah. Well, that's cool. So yeah. it's like the, the new guy and the veteran right there, neck and neck and telling stories. I love that, man. That's that's what's so awesome about the ultra running community. You know, if you end up in the marathon world, you know, like especially the big races, they have big time cash payouts, which this one had like, what, a $500 or $250 payout or something like that for first place. But but yeah. Uh, it's like hundreds of thousands in the marathon community for the big majors. And, and so those guys first and second place are not going to be talking to each other. They're going to be trying to bump each other out of the way. (laughs) And in the ultra community, you know, we've talked about it a bunch on this show. If first place trips and falls, then the second place dude is going to stop and help him up. You know, he's not just going to blow past him. That's right. That's what I love about this community. And they, oh, yeah. they don't mind chatting with each other and giving tips and, and that kind of stuff. Okay, so y'all get, yeah. in, y'all get into the first aid station, and he's a little bit ahead of you as he leaves. What happens in the next, the second segment then? How long does it take you to catch him? So I don't really remember how long it took me after the first aid station. I know they were still setting up when we got to them, the first aid station. Those guys were caught off guard by how fast we had already reached them. And they were right. still right. I was there. up the Gatorade. And yeah, I just was like, you know what? Asking for Gatorade. I was like, just pour the powder in my water bottle and fill it up with water. And he dumped like two scoops of Gatorade in my water bottle and pretty gross, but it, <laughs> you know, it worked because I was pretty dry. Because that first segment, I mean, we got right into the elevation, just going straight uphill. So I was pretty gassed already at the first aid station. Got some Gatorade and then took back off. But it's funny you ask because after that one, I don't really remember catching back up with Corey. I know it was somewhere in between the first and second aid station, I you know, ran back up with them. But I don't, I don't really remember how long it took me. Yeah. Well, I know when you got to but, it, I don't, I don't really know the mileage of that second <laughs> Oh yeah, it was like twelve miles the second one. So yeah, 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 something, something around that. So you were ahead of him by probably two minutes, one and a half, two minutes, by the time you got to that point. And then you leave that aid station, and you've got uh, a long. Oh, it's not. It's like four miles, two miles out, and two miles back. But it's a pretty serious climb. As soon as you leave that aid station, you remember that? Yeah, yeah, I do remember that, and actually. Before the second aid station, I remember being with Corey when I caught back up to him and was joking about, you know, how uh, it'd be a good idea if he could take the lead and I sit back and kind of watch his pace and run with him. And then I can take the lead and he can kind of watch my pace and, you know, he can run with me and then we can just do that throughout the whole race. And then finally at the end, we can just dog it out to see who can win. And he thought that that was funny. So that was in between the first two aid stations. But yeah, once the second aid station rolled around, I swapped my shirt out from long sleeve to short, threw a new, you know, hat on, got some Gatorade, some Mountain Dew, and I think a banana. All the other snacks weren't as appetizing. Chips looked like they were kind of tough to chew and eat at the time. So I just plugged back some bananas. And yeah, that, you know, four mile out and back, the two, I guess, all the way up to the turnaround at like mile 14 pretty gruesome i remember just you know talking crap to myself all the way up 
that hill or I guess that mountain and just really trying to motivate myself that way. Got all the way to the turnaround. Felt pretty good because I had the lead at the time. Spirits were high. You know, I was getting ready to run back down the hill and took off and saw Corey on the way down, gave him a high five, said, you know, good job and got about halfway down and my legs really just started feeling weird. Never felt this feeling before type deal and kind of got you know, a little scared and had to stop and ended up, you know, going off the track a little bit and taking a leak because I thought I was, you know, just had to pee really bad. That's why I was, you know, starting to cramp up, but it ended up being my legs were actually pretty, pretty gassed. So that was a battle itself going back down the hill, um, passing everybody, you know, giving kudos to everybody for working hard and trying to keep positive thoughts in my head as my legs were starting to tremble a good bit. Yeah. So then you make it in. You make it into the aid station, and then you have that long road, logging road. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was fun for the quarter mile or so going back on the road downhill, just trying to maintain that positive attitude and mindset, and, yeah, just turning on the logging road. And that that was really a long, windy, uh, I guess, really second half of the race. Um, I didn't expect to be on the, on the logging road as long as we were, but, yeah, just trying to keep the spirits high and not really think about my legs, just taking salt pills as much as I could and uh, goo here and there. And before I knew it, Corey started catching up to me and was right on my tail and ended up passing me at around mile 18-ish or so, I want to say. Okay. He was he was cruising at that point, and I was not cruising. <laughs> <laughs> Struggling. So that, was, that wasn't even halfway down the logging road yet, right? Because that sucker was about eight miles long, wasn't it? Oh yeah, I would say within the first maybe three miles of that yeah. logging road, he he was already on my tail and blowing past me. And I thought, you know, as soon as I saw him, he kind of caught me off guard. And uh, I was really in my head, just kind of having a pity pity party, you know, about my legs and you know not feeling you know as good as I thought I would, and just kind of concerned and. Yeah, just I guess slowed way down. I didn't even realize it how slow I was going, and it wasn't even that hard of a section, you know, just a gravel road, some yeah. little rolling so, hills here and there. So, what you're calling slow? <laughs> what what pace were you actually running at at that point? Ah, uh, that's a good question. I tried to tell myself the whole race just to not even look at my watch. Oh well, that's cool. Um, but I, if I were to guess, I would say around like a nine thirty to ten <laughs> minute pace. Yeah. I figured it was something like that. See, for people like for people like me, that's like a ten k pace, you know. So that's that would be super fast for me, even you know, at any point in a fifty k. But but I understand, you know, it's all relative, you know, and it depends on who you are, if it's slow to you or fast to you. So that's yeah. cool. So he was so he was really getting it then. If he went cruise past you and you're going at a nine or ten minute pace. Yeah, I mean, he was just, it It almost made me, you know, just stumble and fall flat on my face, which I did at one point. Um, but yeah, when he passed me, I mean, I kind of jumped and he kind of scared me because he, you know, said, hey, roll out. And yeah, I was by myself for, you know, so long, it seemed like. And then finally, somebody was right there on me, it just kind of freaked me out. And I don't know, it just, I had realized I was now in second and I was, you know, under that stress and kind of woke back up from whatever you know, self-defeat I was in. So in your training, what was, you said you did several marathons. So those, that would have been your longest training runs, marathon distance? Uh, no, there was one Saturday where I was kind of doing out and backs and managed to 
uh, scrapped together 33 miles, which was okay. the longest. It's still the longest I've ever ran. And that was on a trail or road? No, sir. That was all road. It's running around Lawrenceville, Swanee area. So what's the longest mileage you covered on trails before before then? Uh, before then, I would say probably 17 or 18 miles, okay. just at the Kennesaw Mountain. Yeah. And that makes a difference too, don't it? Because like I said, your, your focus, you just have to be so focused that it makes you tired mentally in addition yeah yeah. oh yeah and so yeah i know yeah uh, it's just that's important and so another question another question then is is about fueling so did did you go into the race with a plan for fueling like a certain amount of calories you want to take in every hour or did you just kind of eat what you felt like eat when you felt like eating yeah there was no real plan i just packed salt pills accordingly and some cliff bars and some goos and that was really it. I know those cliff bars really were a big hit early on in the run before I ran out of them. I kind of liked those because those you know, gave me a lot of calories, and I felt like those were pretty good fuel for what yeah. I had. Yeah. So have you done a little research to kind of see what you should do as far as fueling goes? No, I really hadn't. But my buddy that I did start the race with, he kind of sent me what his plan was, which pretty much made sense, you know replenishing calories every so you know mileage or you know sodium levels as well electrolytes all that good stuff and i kind of was going off of what he planned but just ended up being lazy and not really doing it yeah well i was just definitely something to consider moving on yeah i mean i was just asking all those questions because believe me take it from somebody who's had many marathons where you know they were going so well for me in the first 16 to 20 miles and then everything goes to hell that last 10k you know for for many different reasons i've learned so many lessons of what not to do in races you know uh, as far as not enough electrolytes too much electrolytes not enough fuel you know and it all comes back to it all comes back it seems like either it either exposes itself in your stomach or in your legs. (laughs) So you either get sick to your stomach or your legs just feel like they're shot. You know what I mean? And so, but if you ever have, and you know, you certainly didn't have no slouchy race because you finished second overall, but, you know, talking about the way that you felt like you were struggling in, in that section, just think if you felt strong the whole time, you know, uh, it's no telling how much. Oh yeah how much better it could have been. And this was your first 50K. So <laughs> you've got lots of improvement that you can make. So that's exciting. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm very excited. My, you know, confidence level is pretty high right now and just always going to have that chip in my shoulder and just kind of treating every 50K or, you know, whatever K there is forthcoming <laughs> as if, you know, it was a fault that I had in my past where, hey, this race is a good opportunity to go back and fight, you know, that, you know, just kind of demon that I've always had of, you know, thinking about where I went wrong somewhere in my life and just going to war with it and, you know, looking at it that way and just really using that as mental motivation. And then, you know, all the physical planning comes along with it, like, you know, electrolytes and, you know, all the training, tapering, all that good stuff. I didn't really taper. I just kind of wound up getting sick like two weeks before and took some days off from running. So I guess I could call that my tapering, but I didn't really plan on doing that. But yeah, I took some time off and 
think that that helped. Yeah. But yeah. Well, that's cool. So the last few miles then, when you get past that last aid station, is there still a really big climb after that? That They used to have, like in the last two miles, they had what, or three miles, they had what they called the killer K. And I mean, it was straight up. It was like a little bit less than a mile, but it was super hard. Did they still have that at the end of the race? Uh, at the end of the race, it was really just coming back down the same way that we went up at okay. the beginning. So it was more more downhill stuff, it seemed like, from what I can remember. But the second to last aid station, getting to that, that aid station, it was, I, I would definitely say that's where the killer, the killer climb came in. Um, okay. still hammering out some fire, fire road, log road, whatever you want to call it. And then jumping on a main road, which was just as bad in elevation coming up to that second to last aid station, fueling there and then just back on a log road. Uh, again, it seemed like, um, just vertical, just straight up a lot of hands on the knees, climbing, <laughs> uh, power walking to the last aid station and then turning on the burners, going downhill as best as I could back down the way we came. And after after thirty miles downhill, don't feel that great either, does it? <laughs> no shot. <laughs> yeah, so cool. So you get to the end and your second place. Now, do you know how far ahead of you Corey ended up finishing? Uh felt as if he finished probably light years ahead of me. You know, thirty <laughs> forty five an hour. Wow. Um, but no, I honestly have no idea. Yeah, um, technically how how fast he was. I don't think it was that long, but I didn't look up the, the actual times. I'm going to talk to him tomorrow, the, the next day. So we'll find out about it and it'll be on the podcast. But anyway, awesome. I mean, I'll tell him I said, Hey, and then I'm thinking about him and I wish him the best of luck. Maybe we'll bump into each other again. We'll do. So uh, <laughs> it's, it's been awesome uh, talking to you about it. Have you got any thoughts that you want to share about that race and about you know the organization i I, when i did that race two years ago it was my first ultra too and it was pouring rain the whole time but i mean they just did an absolute spectacular job of organizing and the aid station people were super nice and helpful and you know i really enjoyed it and now, how, did you look at your Garmin to see what your elevation gain was for the whole race? I did. I can try and pull it back up real quick. I think it was close to 6,800 feet yeah. of elevation. Let me see. Yeah, see I know. It seemed like it was 6,200 the year I did it, but I had heard that it had more this year. Yeah, so I got it right here. It says 6,930 feet elevation on my Garmin. I burned 4,285 calories. <laughs> Total distance was 29.71 miles. My finish time was 518.49 for the 10.44 page. That's getting it pretty good there, buddy, especially, <laughs> yeah. especially for your first one. That's pretty pretty awesome. That's a rare, oh, yeah. I still got some work I got to get, get on there. Rare company. Well, I sure yeah, appreciate it. I'll be back next year for some revenge. I sure enjoyed talking to you. And look, expand your horizon out. I mean, there is a lot of good races up in North Georgia, but expand your horizon up yeah. into Tennessee and North Carolina and down in Florida, over in Alabama, and look on Ultra Sign Up. You know how to you know how to uh, peruse Ultra Sign Up yet? Have you figured that out? Oh yeah, I'm. Uh, <laughs> my goal from here on out is, I guess, getting something on the calendar once a month, uh, whether that be a <laughs> You know, 50K or 60K, 70K, whatever K you want. Um, I want to try and keep it above 
50 K or above once a month is my goal, wow. wherever that may be. I hear that. So are you on social media? Uh, yeah, I'm on social media. My uh, Instagram, uh, I'm on Facebook. My handle is Alexander Dells on Instagram. Just my first and last name. Pretty unique last name, so pretty easy to find me. Facebook. I don't have Twitter. Kind of got off that Twitter boat a long time ago. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to follow you so so I can keep up with your journey, and maybe we'll have you back after a year of these uh, crazy, all this crazy schedule and see what you've done, what you've accomplished. Yes, sir. I look forward to it. I appreciate the time and appreciate you having me. Okay, man. Well, it was nice talking to you and I hope you have a good night. Yes, sir. You too. I'm sure we'll be chatting here uh, shortly. All right. And I hope to see you at another race real soon. And maybe this time I'll be running, although I'll be way behind you. <laughs> <laughs> all righty. Sounds good. Okay. Take care. Wow, I really enjoyed talking to Alex. I don't know if you could tell in about the first 10 minutes of the conversation, maybe a little longer, he was actually running, if that tells you anything. He loves the sport, and uh, I think he's going to go far. Really enjoyed it. This next conversation is with Caitlin Patterson. She's a yogi and a running coach. I met her at one of the aid stations as she was a volunteer like I was for this race. She's volunteered at a couple of AR Georgia's races. She's a certified running coach, and she's also a yogi. She's quite knowledgeable in the area of yoga for runners. I think Kate is going to be super successful at helping people finding that balance between training and the responsibilities that come from being a spouse and a parent of small children. Stick around as she shares her experiences with the Blue Ridge Ultra, tells a little bit about her running story, and then talks about her coaching services as well as a few tips. Hey, everybody. It's Welcome to the Miles with Marty podcast. I've got Kate Patterson on the line. Welcome, Kate. Thank you. I'm glad to have you. I met Kate at the Blue Ridge Ultra, and she was running the or working at the aid station, too. And I helped kind of set up that aid station before I went on to aid station three to work at that one. But I got to know her a little bit, met her daughters, and found out that Kate loves trail running. And she's also a coach. And she's a yoga guru, yogi, I think you call them. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she's got lots of good stuff to talk about. First off, I just want to kind of go in reverse, since this is a Blue Ridge recap episode, and just hear a little bit about what you're experience has been with Blue Ridge. I know you volunteered there a couple of times. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Thank you for having me. So the first year that I volunteered for the Blue Ridge Ultra was kind of my first experience ever with ultra and um, trail racing in the North Georgia area. And I had never run an ultra before. And I was just kind of interested in seeing it from a perspective where I wasn't committed to running it. And it was really really impressive. I just remember just falling in love with the athletes who were running it. The runners were so inspiring, um, so kind. It was really cool. It's just a great community. So when we saw it again this year, my it was actually the day after my older daughter's birthday and she wanted to help out at a race as one of her birthday things. So we signed up to volunteer again. And once again, just awesome community. Saw a couple of runners there. Actually, this was really cool. There was one runner there 
who had dropped at my aid station that I was helping out with at the Fort Yargo Ultra, which AR Georgia also puts on. And he, as far as I know, he finished the race. So I was really excited to see that for him, that he had, you know, learned from, from the drop, the first ultra and succeeded with this one. But we just really loved, you know, cheering on the runners, helping them out with some snacks, great community, great people, uh, love the organization. Yeah, I feel the same way. That was Blue Ridge was the home of my first ultra. And it was like my experience was like that. The volunteers were all awesome. The, mm-hmm. runners, the North Georgia trail runners, which not everybody that ran the race was from North Georgia, but a lot of them were. And they were all just so supportive and friendly. And, you know, I felt like I was a part of the the family. And, yeah. And it, it makes you want to go back and give back to that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So it's I I love the fact that your daughter wanted to do that as a birthday treat. <laughs> She's got the bug already. How old? She just had the birthday. How old? Is she? Yeah, she just turned seven. Seven, and she's already got the ultra bug. Absolutely. <laughs> and I, I saw a video. I guess it was on was it on Instagram or somewhere? Yes. Where, uh, she was running that trail, and she's got some serious trail running skills. <laughs> <laughs> she does. She's a natural. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I try, I try to get her out there as often as I can. It's good for them. <laughs> Absolutely, it is. That's trail running. It's like the best therapy, problem solver, all kind of good stuff. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. everybody that I've talked to about this on this particular episode is, you know, that's the difference between trails and one of the diff- many differences between trails and roads is the majority of the people that you encounter don't have headphones on even, you know, cause they're, yes. out they're out there. Well, you gotta be more focused with the technicality of the trails a lot of times, but also you gotta appreciate what's around you. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's awesome. I love it. But there is one long stretch during that race in particular. And a lot of people talked about that. I did take my headphones when I ran that race just for that, like eight mile stretch of, of logging road. Ooh, that sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but other than on the trails, I never, I never want to listen to Mm-mm. music or podcast or anything. I want to, I want to be out there at one with the trail. Yeah, I really appreciate that. I have um, almost knocked people down on trails before wearing headphones, and it's not a pleasant experience for anyone. Yeah. So yay, yay for no headphones. <laughs> That's right. All right. Well. So we've talked about the race. Now, like I said, I discovered there that that you're a, a coach and you're mm-hmm. a yoga guru. So before we get into talking about coaching and yoga and all that good stuff, so tell us a little bit about your running history. Yeah. So I ran sporadically in high school more to support other athletic endeavors that I was doing. I did Flatwater sprint canoe kayak was my main sport in middle school and high school. And then I just kind of lifted weights here and there. I do not excel at team sports. My husband actually played soccer for some intramural leagues in college and tried to get me to play their games. And that was not my cup of tea. So after um, graduating from college, I wanted to stay active. And I tried running. I did a road half marathon and it was a really terrible experience mainly because I did not train adequately. My longest long run leading up to that was like six miles. Uh, so that was not an ideal situation. So I got into, you know, weightlifting, nothing really struck a huge passion with me. I didn't feel 
you know, connected or fulfilled by any of that kind of stuff. Had kids, had two kids. And after having the first one, I was like, I need to do something physical. Like I've got to get back in shape. I need to get stronger. And I wanted to do something that was going to be safe with having a child. So weightlifting was out of the question at that point. Weightlifting, the weight room doesn't seem like a safe place for a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and we didn't, we didn't really have all that stuff in our home anyway. So I went to a yoga class and I was like, this is the best thing ever and got really into yoga. I did yoga through my second pregnancy and had a much easier um, pregnancy and delivery recovery. All that went so much better for me. Um, And certified to teach yoga in 2019. I was hired at a gym that's a little bit north of me, the Georgia Mountains YMCA. And one of the classes that was given to me um, by a teacher who just really wasn't wanting to teach anymore due to her work schedule at her other job uh, was primarily runners. So I was like, okay, you know, I'm going to be teaching these runners yoga and trying to help serve them and help them do better at their sport. That's, that's my passion as a yoga instructor is to help people do what they do better without pain. So I was like, well, maybe, maybe I should start running. And they really encouraged me. So I trained for and ran a 5k in January of 2020. And I was like, I'm going to run in 10 events this year. And then of course, everything shut down. (laughs) (laughs) So the cool thing was with that group, I really connected with them. And of course, you know, they're runners and runners are awesome people. So I connected with them on social media and they were like, Hey, let's, let's form a running club. I was like, okay, cool. So we got a running club together and we ran together two or three times a week um, throughout 2020. I did I started doing a little bit of trail running then. We were a couple of us were signed up to run the Athens half marathon, which went virtual. So we decided we were going to do it on a trail. And that was my first um, trail half marathon. And from that half marathon until February of 2022, I ran at least a half marathon every month. Really fell in love with um, long distance running. My dad had run an ultra, and that's kind of what sparked my interest in ultra running. I never had a desire to run a full marathon, and I have not run a full marathon ever. <laughs> Just skipped right over it. Huh. Um, so I was like, that's crazy. Why would you do that? And then a couple of days later, I'm like, you know, I think I would like to do that. So <laughs> started working with a coach to help me with my schedule. And I was like, you know, do you think I could run an ultra? And she was like, yeah, let's do it. So she trained me up for it. I ran my first one in February. It was an amazing experience. And during the race, I was all alone for a very long period of time. And I was like, this is awful. And I am never doing this again. But then a week later, I signed up for two more. (laughs) (laughs) And I I hear that's kind of how it goes. It's like having a baby. You're like, I'm never doing this again. But then once the pain subsides, you're like, that was one of the best experiences of my life. So what so was that race? That was the Thrill in the Hills 50K put on by Dirty Spokes at yep. Fort Yargo. Mm-hmm. I've done I've done that race before. Yeah. You have? Oh my gosh. It's such a good course. I, I did it. it. I guess it was last year when I did it. 21. Yeah. 21. Okay, cool. So I ran it. That was Boring Rain. Yeah. I ran the um the relay version with a friend. Yeah, it was 38 degrees and raining that morning. It was awful. It was awful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I face planted into a puddle and so I ran soaked in that cold. Water. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I had the second the second loop 
So the trail was like totally washed out. I'm sure you experienced that too. Ankle deep. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But despite all that, still went back for more. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Sorry to interrupt. No, you're fine. Yeah. That's it. That's my story. So you, so you did that one. So what were the next two that you signed up for? So I ran the Bull Mountain Epic um, on October 1st. Oh, that's right. Um, Tell me about that. Yeah, yeah. So it's advertised as a 50K, but don't tell anyone. It's actually a 55K. (laughs) (laughs) Which, yeah, they just, they want to make sure you really get all your distance in. That was a really hard race. It was really tough. But I, um, gosh, I just love this community so much. I ended up in a little group and then kind of broke away with one other person. And it was his first ultra. We ran almost the entire thing together. And I never got into that, that pain cave area, you know? Where you're yeah. just kind of in your head and you're like, this is terrible. I would rather die than finish this race because I had a person with me and it, it was just really cool. Like we just got to know each other, uh, hung out for, you know, seven hours and I made a new friend. And I, I just love that about this sport. So my next race is on November 5th. It is the Mountaineer Rumble in Blacksburg, South Carolina. I am doing the 50K and it's going to be interesting because I've had a sinus infection for the last few weeks and (laughs) my longest run since my last race was yesterday and it was five miles. So we'll just see how it goes. Yeah. I actually met a girl this weekend down at the race I was at. She was there supporting a friend and she's doing her first hundred miler at that same race, the Mountain. Oh, awesome. That's so cool. She's from Athens. And so... I forgot her name. I'm drawing a blank with her name at uh, at this point. But anyway, she was a really nice person, and we have the same coach. I found out. Oh, that's so cool. Oh so, yeah, she'll be she'll be. She, so I'll have to get a recap from you and her about the uh, Mountaineer Rumble. My coach yeah. did the hundred miler, I think, last year or maybe year before last. I don't remember. But uh, okay, but, I'm yeah, excited. They, it seems like a nice course. Yeah. Yep, I know uh, my friend Hot Chocolate did that race and he got lost, but he's Uh-oh. he gets lost. He's one of those trail runners that gets lost in in a lot of races. <laughs> okay. You know, some of us are just notorious for getting lost in, on the trails. We're so yes. focused on our foot placement that we forget <laughs> to look for those little pink flags. Yeah, yeah, I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Fortunately, not not during a race, but during some training runs for sure. <laughs> when I did uh, Blue Ridge, I think that I think the last two or three miles are different now than they were in 2020. But they have the last. So after you leave the final aid station, you have like three and a half miles to go, mm-hmm. and they had a section called the Killer K which is like the hardest climb of the race. And you're at like mile 29 of your Mm. 50 K. And so you're, you know, your legs are shot already. And, and I mean, this hill was so steep that my hands and feet were, my hands were touching the ground because I was leaned over so far. You know what I mean? To go up the hill. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Man. I was cussing Jeff Leninger. (laughs) uh, but I was, pre- but anyway, so when I get to the top of the hill, he, cause he said before the race, he said, if you go a quarter of a mile and you don't see any flags and you're on, you've gotten off the trail. And so I got to thinking, you know, I don't know how, when it was since I saw the last flag <laughs> and I had gone the whole day. Cause that, 
I think I forgot Georgia, you know, I'm a big Georgia Bulldog fan and I forgot who they were playing that day, but I was going to, I pulled, when I was on that long logging road, I pulled out my phone and I was going to listen to a football game <laughs> while I was on that road and I had, that? No, I had no cell signal. <laughs> and so I was scared. I got up, I was on up there on top of that mountain and, you know, I, I had no clue where I was. I don't know if I was going to keep going and end up in Tennessee or something, <laughs> but uh, I Googled or map quested the uh, cafe there. I forgot the name of mm-hmm. it. Iron Bridge. Uh, Iron Bridge Cafe. Yeah. And it was like a mile away. So I knew I was, and believe it or not, on the Apple maps, it actually shows trails like as roads when you're out there on a trail. I didn't know that. Good to so, know. Good to know. Uh, so anyway, I managed to find my way, but there was not one flag. Somebody, I was, you know, it took me like almost nine hours to do that race. And so, I don't know if a sweeper had already pulled the flags or whatever. Mm, yeah, I, I made it. The, the cutoff was ten hours, and so I made it inside the cutoff. But, but anyway, I didn't see any flags, so I was worried. <laughs> I would be too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anyway, so we've talked about your running. Have you got any other stories about your running that we need to talk about? You're pretty. You got pretty much current, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm. Uh, that's it. I don't have. Um a ton of ultra racing experience yet. I can't really think of anything else. I just, you know, met some really great people running, love the community. Yeah, that's pretty much it. So what made you decide you wanted to help others with the running thing to to study to be a coach? Yeah. So I hired a running coach when my older daughter started kindergarten, just because I needed help with my schedule. I was trying to figure out how to incorporate cross training what and how to schedule that along with the classes that I was teaching. Because most of my classes are pretty relaxed, my yoga classes, but some of them are really intense. And so I wanted to just kind of figure out how do I structure this without breaking my body. And I interviewed a few coaches, told them my goals, and most of them were like, no, you're not gonna be able to do that. But this one I I spoke with, um, her name's Coach Faith. She was like, okay, I don't know if that's going to fit in your schedule now, but we can work towards that. And I was like, okay, hired. So working with her, I initially, like I said, I hired her just because I wanted to figure out my schedule. And I had signed up for the Athens Half Marathon and I wanted to PR it because it's been a bucket list race of mine. I went to UGA. So um, really wanted to run that one and do well in it. And she provided just such incredible training and support and advice in helping me meet my goal. I was you know, she gave me my workouts and I was like, this is ridiculous. This isn't going to work. Like the, why, why are you having me run so slow when I'm trying to make a PR here, but it worked. And I, you know, had a great race experience, made my PR. So I ended up keeping her even after that race because she agreed to help coach me through the ultra marathon. And four days before the ultra, I was in a car accident that totaled my car. And so my husband and I had, you know, a sit down and kind of come to Jesus meeting. And he was like, look, you are putting a ton of miles on our vehicles by driving all over the place to teach classes and see your clients. And I was talking to my coach about it. And I was like, what to do? Yada, yada, yada. I just, you know, maybe I'll become a running coach like you. And she was like, oh, you totally should. I would hire you. And I was like, really? So I signed up to take the course and now I'm a certified running coach. I learned so much really great stuff through the course I did. I did the USCA running coach certification. 
And even though I already had a lot of knowledge about the human body and how it works and you know what, th- what are good things to do, what are things to avoid through my yoga teacher training, I learned a lot through the Ueska course that I'm using in my yoga classes and then vice versa. A lot of my yoga knowledge I'll use to, to help some people with their running coaching. But anyway, that was a long-winded answer. I'm very sorry. But <laughs> I, you know, I just saw what she did for me in helping me reach a goal that I thought was unattainable with the app half and then with running an ultra marathon. Having, you know, two little kids, it's not easy to get all that stuff done. But she helped me do it. She believed in me. And I want to provide that support for somebody else. Hopefully several people I can help. <laughs> awesome. So have you found that? Combining the two, has that really helped, made it much easier for you, yoga and, and running? Yoga with the running, I mean, yeah. can you, how that has benefited your running? Yeah, so I was, I was doing yoga before I was really a runner. So I already had a good bit of strength and flexibility. Now I've lost a good bit of flexibility from running, but that's okay um, because people will die of heart attacks every day, but no one ever died because they couldn't get their leg behind their head. So I'm okay. <laughs> I'm okay with it. <laughs> But I really love yoga for runners because a lot of the yoga classes you'll go to are a lot slower paced than what you're running. And that's a really good thing for us. And it also gets you moving in planes of motion and, you know, using different muscles than what you would use for running, like especially the core and the upper body. And I will say that strengthening everything has helped my running and running and getting that cardio is what one of the things that's missing from a well-rounded yoga practice. There's no cardio in yoga and you need both. You need cardio and you need strength. Yeah. Um, so yes, I will say they complement each other very nicely. Yeah. And you know, a lot of people don't realize it, but I've got, I've had a few people that have sent me some yoga type, some videos of some positions that they suggest for me for trouble areas that I've had. Mm-hmm. Those people that can do those like you, are super strong. I mean, those things are not easy. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, you can, you, you talk to a weightlifter and, they, and you talk about body weight type exercises and they just kind of roll their eyes, but they just don't understand if they see some of that. And I saw on your Instagram, some of those positions that you're, where you're supporting your weight. I mean, I would break an arm trying to do that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been doing it for a long time. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, but I've had some friends, you know, cause I have, like I, I've told several people, you know, I'm 57 and so I can be running and like seven, eight miles into my run. If I drop my handheld water bottle or something, it hurts my lower back to bend over and pick that sucker up. Mm-hmm. Oh, with, and my friend Tina, who is a, a yoga, a big time yoga person. And she teaches some classes too. She said, well, I'm going to send you a couple of moves to do, you know, and, and that'll help you with that. And, and then I've got a, a karate friend of mine. That's he's like a super badass ultra runner. Plus he's a ninja. <laughs> that's pretty cool. And he's, he sent me some mobility type exercises, more like a dynamic warm up, but it's yoga. Yeah. It's yoga type stretching. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and just those two little things have been game changers for me. And, uh, you know, I, I know that it would do me a lot more good to incorporate 
that, you know, I, I do dynamic stretching before every run and I do static after my runs, but, and, you know, you could call part of that, like, a, you know, like a, what do you call it? Pitch and pose type thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I, and I, and a downward dog and that kind of stuff for stretching. But I know I have a, I could probably improve a lot in the way that I feel, you know, during and after runs, if I would be more disciplined in that for sure. It, it does help. It also helps a lot with the mind as well, because if you're doing yoga well, and if you have an instructor who's reminding you to stay mindful of what's happening with your breath, what's happening with your body, what are you thinking about right now? Are you telling yourself you can't do this? So much of that carries over into running. Yeah. Well, that leads us right into the next segment then, which is the coach's corner. Sure. And so, so since you're a coach and you're a guru and all, what can, have you got any tips that you can pass along to us that might help? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So as I already said, I love yoga for runners. And I will say if you're looking to incorporate yoga into your life, good. You're on, you're on a really good path. There are some really, really great YouTube videos out there that are free. I have one <laughs> um, and it's linked to my Instagram page. So um, I think you said you're putting that in the show notes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I've got one yoga for runners video um, out there. It may not be as great as some of the other people, but you're welcome to to use it. Anyway, there's a lot of really great stuff online that you can do. However, if you're brand new to it, I would suggest going to a real in-person class or taking a private lesson from a yoga instructor. Just because if you're not doing some of those poses right, you can you can make some new problems where there weren't any or failed to solve a problem that could be solved by doing the the movement correctly. Also, if you're looking at an in-person yoga class, finding an instructor, try to find one that's familiar with running and that focuses on helping athletes. There are a lot of really great yoga instructors out there that, that don't know how to treat the athletic body or how to help runners. Um, so I would just, you know, ask, ask them some questions about their class, let them know you're a runner. Um, and if they mention any muscle during class, besides the bicep, the glute or the hip flexor, you're probably in a good place. You know, mobility is, is similar to yoga. So if you're not into yoga, mobility is another really good place to be, to work some of that stuff. And I will say yoga is awesome, but it does not replace weight training. So if you are you know, looking to have a well-rounded physical practice, I would incorporate weight training as well. Again, personal trainer would be awesome. If you're intimidated by the weight room, tell them you're a runner, let them help you out with uh, what they do best. And then I do have one other tip that I would love to share. And that is, I really encourage people to ask questions, ask questions of your coach, ask questions of your yoga instructor. And the reason I encourage that is because it shows the coach that you're bought into your program and you want to make the most out of it. And it also helps the coach know if something's not working for you. So for instance, when I started working with my coach, she was having me do these tempo runs, but they weren't at my top speed. And I was like, Hey, I can run faster than this. What's the deal? And she explains to me, you know, we want to train you to at, at the level where you are now. And then once we see that your heart rate has slowed down a bit, we can increase the rate of your tempo run. I'm like, all right, cool. And so that helps me understand it and helps me understand why I needed to slow down because she didn't want me to over fatigue my body. And then when I started feeling like 
hey, this is getting pretty easy. And I asked her, can we increase the pace? She allowed that because we were working together and I was communicating with her what I was feeling. And she was giving me direct feedback so that I was able to really make the most of what I was paying for, which was this coaching service. So if you have a coach now and they don't like your questions, I would encourage you maybe shop around and find a coach who welcomes that. Don't be afraid to ask questions of you know your coaches, your yoga instructors, your personal trainers, whoever is in your life to help you improve. If they can't answer your questions well, it may be time to to find something else. Yeah, I agree yep. 100%. Cool. I know, I know when I started with the coach that I have now, she is a big believer in heart rate training. And, yes. You know, and it's especially based on my goals, you know, because I have all these big goals of, you know, a lot of lot of races and long miles. And so it's all about building up the endurance. And and so I started in the beginning, you know, at the, being 57, my target heart rate is 130 beats a minute. Mm-hmm. My first probably three months, 130 beats per minute for me was like 13 minute miles. And yeah. It was killing me to run that slow, you know? Yes. And so, you know, I got frustrated with it, you know, and it was, you know, part male ego, pride, whatever you want to call it. And then, you know, but anyway, so I got to that point where I, you know, I said, I feel like I'm getting slower, you know, because I got comfortable with that easy pace. And I never, Mm -hmm. you know, back on all the marathons that I had run before she was my coach, you know, my easy, my long runs, I called it an easy pace, but they were really only like 45 seconds slower than my actual race pace. And, and so I was overdoing it. You know what I mean? And yep. I, yep. if the reason I got that coach is because every single race, when I would hit mile 20, sometimes it'd be like mile 16, I would start getting fatigue cramps in my legs. Mm. And so, yeah. you know, and, but she has taught me to, in my training, you know, easy runs are supposed to be easy and follow that heart rate regardless, you know, and since then, I mean, I've on a nice cool day, my heart, I can go two minutes a mile. I'm more in the 11 minute range at that same heart rate now where it was in the thirteens a year ago, you know, that's awesome. And, and the main thing she told me is the foundation of speed is endurance. And mm-hmm. my endurance, let's see, it start, she started coaching me like last June, June of 2021. Okay. And I've run probably four or five ultras since then and a couple of marathons. And, and the last, I think, since probably November of last year was the last time. And that was a marathon down in Florida was the last time I got a, a fatigue cramp in a race. I mean, I did a hundred K in uh, May and had no cramps for, for 16 hours, you know, that's right. incredible in May. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And so, I mean, so I was so, I'm, you know, if I just put my, opinions aside because the reason I have a coach is because I don't know how to coach myself. Right. That's it. (laughs) And so if I just, you know, willing to give it a shot, because like I was talking to a friend of mine at the race this weekend, if you're not going to do what they tell you to do or suggest you do, and you don't trust them, you should not be paying them. Yes. hundred percent. You should not. And you know what? Your coach probably feels the same way. (laughs) Right. Right. 
And so, you know, you got to get one that you you can respect and uh, and and give it a chance to work. It takes some yes. time. It takes yes. some time to work. But one thing that you said about the uh, uh, yoga, going back on that, about the mindfulness and breathing, and that's kind of something that a person like me probably needs the most. And that's something that you kind of miss with just the videos. And yeah. So that's why it makes it important for me to do do it in person. One of the gyms that I belong to here used to have a yoga class called Yoga for Dudes. Oh, and, cool. And I went to it one time, but I I didn't ever go back because I felt like all the other people, I couldn't get anywhere near the distance that they were stretching. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I, and so I just felt like I didn't fit in there. You know what I mean? I felt, and so I didn't go back and you know, whether or not that was, you know, some of those people ran, some didn't, it was just a bunch of dudes in there that mm-hmm. learned yoga. But, you know, I just felt like, and the person that was teaching the class, they were very nice and all that, but, you know, there was like 20 people in there and I just did you know, I like they were all going down and touching their hands on the floor flat, and I oh. was doing good enough to touch the tips of my fingers on the floor. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I just didn't feel like I was doing it right. And I was so focused on trying to touch the floor that I couldn't breathe. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that that's something that I've encountered a lot is uh, people coming in and no offense, they have a really hard time putting their ego aside and they're comparing themselves to everybody else and that it's yeah. not what it's about. And it's so yeah. hard to turn off. It's really hard to turn that off. Right. But yeah, I've, I've got some men who come to my classes. Um, I don't have a, a male specific class, though. I, I like that name, Yoga for Dudes um, or Dude Yoga. What'd you call it? Yeah, it was called Yoga for Dudes. Yoga for Dudes. I will say since COVID, the class sizes where I teach are still limited. So we don't have any of those, you know, 20 person classes. Maybe it's time to give it a try again. Yeah. (laughs) I think, you know, and I've come a long way in commitment level now since then. And so I'm not afraid to go to them after the class and say, Hey, you know, I need some individual help. You know, is there any way something out? Because that's, you know, that was, he had so many people in there that he couldn't notice little old me over there struggling in the corner. Cause you know, of course I did not get in the front row. I'm in the back. Oh yeah. <laughs> and so he, you know, couldn't notice somebody that, that might be back there struggling and see that, you know, Hey, this, the way you do it is you breathe out as you're going down and breathe yep. in as you, or whatever. <laughs> that see, that's where it's good. It's good to ask questions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, I, I I feel like I've taken up a bunch of your time tonight. Just time to put the girls to bed, just about, huh? I think they're already asleep, so we're oh, good are to go. <laughs> I oh. think so. I, I'm not hearing any screaming, so that's a good sign. <laughs> so you are available for client to taking on clients now. I am. I am ready to take on some clients. You can take people that if they have a specific race they want to train from, or if you for, or if you they just want to take up running and do like couch to five k. You can do it all, right? That's right. Yeah, I am. I'm ready to do it all. I'm actually helping a friend um, run her first 5k. We're targeting a uh, Thanksgiving race. So she's made some really great progress already. But yeah, whatever, whatever goals you have, and it doesn't have to be a specific race or a specific distance. If you're just like me, and you're trying to figure out how do I structure my schedule so that I don't overdo it. 
and make the most of my training, I can help with that too. Yeah. Well, yep. the way things are nowadays with everybody with work and schedules that there are, there ought to be a big need for that. Yeah. I mean, that was, that's direction. what brought me into it. That's what brought me to coaching. I get it. It's tough when you got little kids and you work and people are all over the place everywhere all the time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I sure appreciate you taking the time to join me tonight. Oh, of course. Thank Glad you for you. having me. This was Glad fun. Well, I will. Like I said, I'll put all your information in the uh, show notes. Cool. And uh, hopefully you'll get so many clients that you'll have to <laughs> wait and list. <laughs> yeah. Let's hope for that. <laughs> and I, I hope to see you at a race somewhere soon. Good best I'm of sure luck. I'm sure you will. Thank over you. Over in too. South Carolina. Yeah. Thank you. Hopefully the weather will cooperate for you. Seems and, like it's uh, going to be nice. And your cardio will be fine with a little extended taper. Yeah. It's just been a nice month long taper. That's all. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thanks again, Kate. I hope you have a good night. Thank you. You too. Okay. Bye bye. Bye. Well, folks, that's a wrap on my Blue Ridge Ultra recap episode part two and episode 17 overall of the Miles with Marty podcast. I want to thank you for joining. I think you can tell that from all the participants that AR Georgia puts on a great race, well organized and just overall well done. They have two other races that they put on. That's the Endurance Hunter race, and it starts off, I think, in downtown Blue Ridge, and it's, I believe it's a 100-miler and a 100K, if I'm not mistaken. I will put a link on the show notes and on the website for Ultra Sign Up for that, and maybe I can talk to them about a discount code. We'll see. Also, they have the Fort Yargo Ultra, which I believe is in early June or late May, and I'll also put the link to that in the show notes. Do yourself a favor and get on social media and follow all these people that have talked in the last two episodes. I think you're going to see great things coming out of all of these very talented people. And if you're in the market for a coach, especially if you're someone like me that's a little lacking in the flexibility department, or if you're a young parent that is suffering trying to find the balance to train and to be a parent, she just might be a good fit. I want to sincerely thank you for running your miles with Marty today. I know there's a lot of choices out there, and it means a lot to me that you chose to run or ride with me. I hope you enjoyed the show. If so, give us a review. Hit that subscribe button and spread the word, just like that running community love. We're on social media at Miles with Marty Podcast, and you can email us at mileswithmartypodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again to our sponsor, Squirrel's Nut Butter. Spread the lube at squirrelsnutbutter.com.